We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 480 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Friday, January 6th, 2023. If only it was happening. And by it, I mean an eighth playoff team being added to the NFC and the AFC. Did you see this on Thursday? So the NFL has been going bonkers trying to figure out what to do regarding Monday night's suspended, postponed, and now canceled game for the Buffalo Bills at the Cincinnati Bengals. A game that, of course, uh, was suspended and postponed and now has been canceled due to the cardiac arrest suffered by Bill Safety, Damar Hamlin, who is making remarkable progress. This has been so great to see. Uh, He now is able to communicate through writing, actually asked doctors who won the game on Monday night, and the now super famous response from the doctors, quote, yes, Damar, you won, you won the game of life, end quote. But as for the game, the actual game, uh, the NFL on Thursday night announced that the game has been declared a no contest. The game will not be resumed. Also, the league announced the possibility of a neutral site AFC championship game and announced the possibility that if the Baltimore Ravens win at the Bengals this Sunday afternoon and the two teams are scheduled to play in a wild card game, the site for that game will be determined via coin toss, if you can believe that. But something that was out there on Thursday was the possibility of the NFL adding an additional playoff team to each conference. Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio had this, although shockingly, it turns out that this may well have been fake news. Imagine that, fake news from Fake News Florio, a tweet from ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter on Thursday night, quote, NFL never considered an eighth playoff team being added to each conference, end quote. But had that happened, had an eighth playoff team been added to each conference. Guess who would have been resurrected as a playoff contender for this season? You got it, the Commanders. Could you imagine how much would the team's plans for its regular season finale 
against the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 425 have changed, had an eight playoff team in each conference been added. How much would the nature of Commanders Cowboys have changed had an eighth playoff team in each conference been added? But alas, an eighth playoff team in each conference is not happening. At least we don't think. Hello and welcome to this Commander's pregame show, Friday installment of the Al Galdi podcast, the only Washington, D.C. sports podcast or show for which there is a new episode each weekday with each episode out oh so early each morning. This is the podcast that wakes up with you. Make it a part of your morning routine. Well, because the commanders remain eliminated from playoff contention, the focus of this show will be far more on bigger picture stuff with the commanders as opposed to the specifics of the game against the Cowboys. And among the bigger picture items that I'm going to be getting into is the future of Scott Turner as the commander's offensive coordinator. Uh, Scott, during his post-practice press conference on Thursday afternoon, to me, sounded like a coach who understands that he could get fired. Uh, He got asked a lot about and talked a lot about the season that has been for his offense, and he did address his job security. Uh, He also talked about the man who will be the commander's starting quarterback on Sunday, Sam Howell. Uh, Some very interesting things from Scott Turner. You will hear those things, and I will talk about those things next segment. I'll then talk commander's defense off what defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio had to say during his post-practice press conference on Thursday afternoon, including Jack on the season that linebacker Jamin Davis has had, and Jack on his coaching future. And then I will conduct a very special installment of Rhyming Keys. Normally, I do Rhyming Keys for a commander's win, but that's because I want the commanders to win. However, on this episode of the podcast, I will be doing Rhyming Keys for a commander's loss because I want the commanders to lose this game. Uh, I want the team to play well. I certainly want Sam Howell to play well but I want the team to lose the game. And so rhyming keys for a commander's loss are on the way. Also on the show, I will talk Capitals. They are on fire, my friends. A 6-2 win at the Columbus Blue Jackets on Thursday night. The Caps won their seventh consecutive road game. That is a new franchise record for longest road winning streak in a regular season. The Caps now are 12-1-2. and since a 10-12 and four-starred. I'll also talk Maryland basketball. Uh, The Terrapins are not on fire. Uh, They lost at Rutgers 64-50 on Thursday evening. Terps now are just a 2-5 since their 8-0 start. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Michael King on arguably the best quarterback in Redskins history, Sonny Jurgensen. It's him or Sammy Ball as the best Skins quarterback ever. Uh, Sonny, of course, set to have his number nine retired uh, at Commander's Cowboys at FedEx Field on Sunday. Writes Mike, (laughs) Sonny needs to fake COVID on Sunday. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for the email, Mike. Excellent suggestion. That even cracked up Sonny. (laughs) Yeah, that is an actual Sonny Jurgensen laugh right there. You know, Sonny has a great laugh. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great laugh, isn't it? Uh, Email from Mario Damiani 
on the Commanders. Writes Mario, keep up the great work on the pod. Wishing you and the fam all the best in this new year. Thank you, Mario. Continues Mario. So first, there was the choice of the team name. (laughs) Then the wire mannequin honoring, and Mario puts honoring in quotation marks, Sean Taylor. And now Major Tutty, a.k.a. Commander Hogg, a.k.a. Hoggins Hero as the mascot, on top of three absolutely brutal picks by Carson Wentz and a playoff busting loss. It looks like the all I want for 2023 list includes a new owner, a new name, a new statue of Sean Taylor, a new mascot, new uniforms, a new QB1, and some would argue a new QB2. Am I missing anything? Help us, Jeff and Jay. Uh, Thank you for the email, Mario. Very smart email from Mario. I'm assuming by Jeff and Jay that Mario means potential commander's owners, Jeff Bezos and Jay-Z, and not former Redskins quarterbacks, Jeff Rutledge and Jay Schrader. Although you never know. Uh, Email from Michael Lindsay on the commanders, writes Michael, who is not happy. Uh, I am a third generation Redskins slash commanders fan. For several years, I was a season ticket holder until this season. I decided that I would not give Dan Snyder another dime of my money. I went to all three Super Bowl parades. Heck, I remember learning hell to the Redskins in grade school, Al. No matter where I am in the world, I will always find a way to watch the Redskins slash commanders. I bleed burgundy and gold. I have reached the point, however, that as long as Dan Snyder owns this team and or Ron Rivera continues to coach this team, I am done. Rivera is likely my least favorite Redskins slash commanders coach of all time. Nothing personal, but I just think he is not fit for the job. He may be good for the locker room, but he is below average in two key areas. Number one, in-game decision-making, and number two, getting his teams ready for super huge games with playoff implications. Ron has to go. I am sorry. He has way too much power without the evidence to suggest that the power is merited. In each of his three seasons, his home record is three and five. When has Ron won more than seven games in a season? Seems like a long, long time ago. It was that smart to give Ron the keys to it all. The Don Ron experiment needs to be done. I close by conveying my sincerest hopes for the future of this franchise in the following ways. Number one, Snyder sells the team to Jeff Bezos. Number two, Bezos cleans house and gets rid of the entire coaching staff. Number three, hire an offensive-minded, up-and-coming genius as head coach, or if there is any way possible, hire Sean Payton. Number four, fix the quarterback situation, and not in a fast way. Be intentional about this. Do your homework. By the way, everyone affiliated with the Carson Wentz deal should not be allowed near a team for the foreseeable future. Just awful. Number five, get rid of the business side of the building as well and include rolling <laughs> rolling Commander Tutty back into the barn. What an embarrassment. Thank you for allowing me to vent, Al. I continue to listen to the show every day. Best wishes to you and your family in 2023. Well, thank you for that, Michael. Same to you. Uh, there is a lot to my man Michael's email. I would say this to the point that Ron Rivera should not have been given so much power. Part of why he was given so much power, maybe even the biggest reason that he was given so much power, is because things were so screwed up with the team from a culture standpoint. 
And the idea was that a strong singular leader with extensive experience as an NFL head coach and a very good reputation as a person would be best for leading a much-needed culture change for the organization. If things had not been so screwed up with the team, then it maybe wouldn't have given player personnel control to a head coach who had never had player personnel control. And of course, the punchline to all of this is that the number one reason for the bad culture that Ron Rivera was hired to fix is the person who hired Ron to fix the bad culture, the owner of the team. Uh, His name is Dan Snyder. He's known to some as the Danny. He's known to others as Danny Boy. And speaking of him, email from an emailer who wishes to remain anonymous. Uh, The subject of the email is advice. Reads this email. Dear Mr. Galdi, I need some advice and someone told me (laughs) you were not short on opinions. Uh, Well, that someone is correct. Uh, I am a business owner, actually a franchise owner of a very successful corporation. I have owned this trucking business since 1999. Prior to my ownership, This franchise was very successful, even considered the best in the business over a number of years. However, I have never been able to come close to that level of success. But I have to admit, I have still made a lot of money. Yet we are losing customers. We have a lot of turnover among our office management, our leadership, our drivers, and our vehicles. Some have criticized the way that we conduct our business in the office and have made scathing allegations against us. Heck, we were even forced to change the name of our company. I've tried to move the company's place of operations, (laughs) but no one wants to sell us land. I'm hoping this new little mascot might help. Worst of all, we can't seem to find and keep a good fleet. We get one area rolling smoothly, but another group struggles to perform. All of our people always seem to start slow and have a hard time making adjustments along the way. We have a few vehicles that really perform well and are durable, and we hope to keep those vehicles. But we can't seem to find the right pieces to make the whole group perform great together. In our business, a lead fleet driver is vital. We've tried older, experienced guys, but they get hurt or seem to not have it anymore. Heck, last year, one guy became disabled and retired before lunch on his first day on the job. I've even stepped in and forced the hiring of a young college kid, but he was a bust too. We just can't seem to find the right leader (laughs) with that spark. I'm thinking of selling my business, Al. What do you think I should do? Happy Thanksgiving. Sincerely, Stuck in Neutral. Well, thank you for that email, Stuck in Neutral. I mean, you really put yourself out there. Uh, My advice would be this. Sell. Sell hard. Sell now. Sell like you've never sold before. That would be my advice. And if you are in need of legal advice, uh, always know that the great law firm of Paulson and Nace is there for you. If you have a case, you should contact Paulson and Nace. Founded in 1979, Paulson and Nace is dedicated to promoting the rights of seriously injured persons and their families. No law firm does a better job of fighting for victims than Paulson and Nace does. You can call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. 
Holson and Ace handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases, offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Holson and Ace is widely respected throughout Washington, D.C. and West Virginia for the firm's accomplishments both in and out of courtrooms. Chris Nace and Matt Nace are dedicated trial attorneys who do not balk in the face of large insurance companies or well-known businesses that have had practices or products that are directly related to the root of your harm. Polson and Nace does not accept low settlement offers that benefit the people who cause clients harm more than the offers benefit the clients. And this is because Polson and Nace is not afraid to take a case to trial. And that's because Polson and Nace wins trials. Paulson and Nace has secured millions of dollars in verdict and settlement amounts for clients to better enable them to care for themselves and their families. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Yeah, you're obligated to nothing. Call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Schedule a no-obligation appointment by calling 202-902-7611. You can also visit PaulsonandNace.com. That's PaulsonandNace.com. Just make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Well, this podcast, the Al Galdi podcast, is a success because of you, so thank you. Uh, Do not forget to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already doing that. Subscribing costs you nothing, and make sure that each episode is automatically downloaded right to your device. Uh, Also, ratings and reviews help out a lot. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated, and you on Apple Podcasts can write a brief review saying that you like the podcast. Uh, Thursdays have been the primary days on which Redskins slash Washington football team slash commanders, offensive and defensive coordinators during regular seasons have done post-practice press conferences for years. And so we on Thursday afternoon had post-practice press conferences for offensive coordinator Scott Turner and defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio for the final time this season. Uh, as the Commanders' 2022 season, of course, is ending with this Sunday afternoon's game against the Dallas Cowboys at 425. The question is, was Thursday the last day on which we'll ever hear from Scott and Jack as employees of the Commanders? Uh, It remains very hard to see head coach Ron Rivera and his staff being fired in the coming weeks, given the team's ownership uncertainty and the unlikeliness of the ownership uncertainty being resolved in the coming weeks. Uh, Although, you know, hey, if a sale of the team is completed sometime over the next, say, six weeks, uh, all bets are off here, right? Um, And of course, you never know. I mean, even with the ownership uncertainty, it's not impossible for Rod Rivera and his staff to end up getting fired. But specific to Scott Turner, what if Ron fires Scott. Next segment, I'll talk commander's defense. Right now, commander's offense. Before we get to the job status of Scott Turner, uh, we of course will have a new starting quarterback for the commanders on Sunday. Sam Howell will be making his NFL regular season debut, fifth round pick in the 
2022 NFL Draft. Sam Howell was North Carolina's starting quarterback for three seasons, 2019 through 2021. Howell in college had 92 touchdown passes, most passing touchdowns by an ACC quarterback in three or fewer seasons ever. This was Scott Turner on Thursday afternoon on the progress of Sam Howell this season. I felt really good about Sam. You know, he's had multiple roles as far as, you know, he started out this year as an inactive third, um, was the backup for a while um, where he was preparing to play. And, you know, he was one play away from playing, um, you know, for however many games that was, um, you know, when, when Carson was inactive. And, you know, I felt good. Like if he, if he would have had to play, you know, I would have felt comfortable with him playing. I'm excited to see him go out there and play. Um, you know, obviously not a great situation uh, as far as just – you know, the, what happened last week and everything like that. But, you know, he's excited. Um, he's worked really hard for this opportunity, uh, and it's going to be good for him to get out there and play. Yes, it is. Uh, although Sam Howell will be facing one of the best defenses in the NFL, the Cowboys for the 2022 regular season through Week 17 have the following rankings per Football Outsiders DVOA metric. Number two in the NFL in total defense, number three in the NFL in pass defense, number five in the NFL in run defense. Uh, Now, you heard Scott Turner in that cut that I just played for. You mentioned Sam Howell having served as the commander's QB2 for a good chunk of this season. This was Scott on Thursday afternoon on Sam's roles this season, uh, first as the team's number three quarterback, then as the team's number two quarterback. When you know when you're the third guy, you know the starters getting ready to play, and then the backup as well. Um, you know they are know they're one snap away. Now the good thing for Sam is he spent a lot of this season um, as the backup. You know, so it wasn't just the third guy. Uh, but yeah, you you got to make sure that you're on it, and that goes for really for any you know backup player, but definitely quarterback because you put so much on their plate. Uh, but he's you know he's a very um, very smart guy. He studies hard, takes a lot of pride um, in what he does. He wants to be great. Uh, So, I mean, he's been outstanding throughout the whole year, um, and he's definitely prepared. All right. I am pumped to see Sam Howell on Sunday, although we need to understand this. Uh, Sam's supporting cast appears set to be rather different than what we've become accustomed to this season in terms of supporting cast for commander's quarterbacks. Uh, First of all, running back Antonio Gibson now is done for the season. Uh, The commanders on Thursday morning place Gibson on the reserve injured list. Uh, Gibson for the commander's previous game, the wonderful 24-10 loss to the Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon was inactive due to foot and knee ailments. Uh, The commanders on Thursday morning made two other roster moves involving running backs. The team signed Jarrett Patterson, from the practice squad to the active roster and signed Reggie Bonifin to the practice squad. Uh, Also, the following commander's offensive players on the team's active roster did not practice on Thursday for a second consecutive day. Running back Brian Robinson Jr., right tackle Cornelius Lucas, left guard Andrew Norwell, and offensive lineman Sadiq Charles. Additionally, who knows how much even commander's offensive starters who are healthy will play on Sunday. This was Scott Turner on Thursday afternoon on if he'll be able to get a full and fair evaluation of Sam Howell on Sunday, given that a number of commanders' backups are expected to play a good bit in the game. I think you you all you take everything to an account. You know what I mean? So um like I said, I think it's just part of the it's part of the evaluation that's already taken place. You know, we see a lot um 
you know, just the way he conducts himself, you know, the way he practices, um, all of that is something to take out. Now, this is obviously live bullets, uh, like against a good team who is, you know, they're playing for something. So, um, you know, we'll, we know, you know, whatever, everything else, we take that into account, and that's, that's all part of the evaluation. Yeah, so I hope that Sam Howell kills it on Sunday. I want the Commanders to lose, okay? But I hope that Sam Howell kills it on Sunday. But you think about the circumstances for this game. A, the Commanders are starting a quarterback in Sam Howell who will be making his NFL regular season debut. B, uh, the Commanders' offense isn't good to begin with. C, a number of Commanders' backups are expected to play a good bit in the game. D, the Cowboys' defense is really good. And E, as yes, there is an E, the Cowboys very much have something to play for as they still can win the NFC East. You don't have to, like, stretch the limits of your imagination to envision Sunday's game being yet another bad game for what overall has been a bad Commander's offense This season, the commanders for the 2022 regular season through week 17 have the following rankings per DVOA. Number 28 in the NFL in total offense. Number 27 in the NFL in pass offense. Number 29 in the NFL in rushing offense. Isn't that interesting? For all of the talk about the commander's rushing offense this season, the team's rushing offense per DVOA rates worse than the team's passing offense per DVOA does. But here's the deal. Neither the rushing offense nor the passing offense rates well. The commanders, objectively speaking, have been a terrible offensive team this season. And wait, there's more. The commanders for the 2022 regular season through week 17 are number 25 in the NFL in third down efficiency, number 28 in the NFL in yards per play, number 25 in the NFL in points per game. The commanders for the 2022 regular season rank in the bottom fourth of the NFL in so many significant statistical offensive categories. Not the bottom half of the NFL, the bottom fourth of the NFL. Scott Turner on Thursday afternoon on what, to be kind, has been an up-and-down commander's offense this season. We've had some moments, you know, where it's been good. Obviously, some moments where it's been bad. I mean, you know, that's what you're talking about, being up-and-down and inconsistent. Um you know, if you look at some individual performances, have been pretty good. I mean, I think you know the emergence of the the three receivers. Obviously, Terry's been consistent throughout the whole time, but you know, Jahan coming on and then Curtis, what he's done this year was good to see. Uh, you know, Brian Robinson, it was good. You know, good to see him. Antonio, a little bit of different role. Both those guys were productive. Um, you know, I think you know the the quarterback play. You know, obviously, we played with two different ones, and uh, you know there were some good and some bad. You know, as as we went on, um, you know, got to find some consistency there. Uh, and then you know we played some multiple uh, people in the offensive line, and you know I think the run game you know stayed pretty good. And there was times where we struggled um, with some protection issues, uh, where you know we got to improve, and that's going to help those guys on the perimeter. I think you know make make some more plays. You know it's funny to hear Scott Turner on his quarterback play this season. Quote: There was some good and some bad as we went on. Got to find some consistency there. End quote. Uh, true that. Uh, Now, a lot of that has had to do with an offensive line that has been woeful at pass blocking, but no doubt the quarterback play also has been bad, a lot of bad with this commander's offense this season. And so what about Scott Turner?
You know, a good portion of his post-practice press conference on Thursday afternoon was about the job he has done this season and his job security. The commander's offense this season, like every NFL offense, has had injuries and absences. Scott Turner on Thursday afternoon on the job that he has done with the moving pieces on the commander's offense this season. Yeah, I think you got to always just do a good job of evaluating your personnel and, you know, not ask guys to do some things that maybe they're not capable of doing. Uh, make sure that, you know, if you got some guys that need a little bit of help, that you protect them and not put them out there where uh, you can get some, you know, possible negative plays. Um, and then, you know, at the same time, you can't go and be too cautious where you don't give your guys chances to make plays. And that's what you're doing is you got to balance it, you know, because we've had some turnovers in games that have been very costly. Um, and then we've also had times where, you know, we're not making enough explosive plays to affect the game that we need to so you know there's that balance there you always got to be aware of you know and make sure that you're doing whatever you can do to help your guys make plays but then also not doing something where you're putting yourself in jeopardy of uh of screwing up the game all right and then scott turner on thursday afternoon was asked for an assessment of how he has done with all of the moving pieces on the commander's offense this season you know, for the most part, I feel like, you know, I've done a pretty decent job of it. Uh, there's some times where, you know, you, you've gone too far one way or the other, for sure. Okay, now we get to the heart of the matter. This season is Scott Turner's third season as Washington offensive coordinator. It is true that Scott has had extreme quarterback instability with which to work. Sam Howell on Sunday will become Washington's eighth different starting quarterback in the regular season since Ron Rivera became the team's head coach and Scott Turner became the team's offensive coordinator. The eight starting quarterbacks for Washington over these last three regular seasons, once Sam Howell makes his start this Sunday. Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taylor Heineke, Garrett Gilbert, Carson Wentz, and Sam Howell. But what's also true is that Washington, for a third time in three seasons, with Scott as offensive coordinator, has a bad offense. Here are Washington's rankings in total offense per DVOA in each of Scott's three regular seasons as the team's offensive coordinator. 2020, number 32, i.e. dead last in the NFL. 2021, number 21 in the NFL. 2022, number 28 in the NFL through week 17. Scott Turner on Thursday afternoon got asked about his personal expectations going forward with the commanders. This was his answer. I don't know. I mean, I like, I think we talked about, I feel good about, you know, some of the young guys that we have on this team. Um, I feel like there's been some moments uh, where, you know, we've really looked like we're going to turn a corner. You know, we didn't do the things that we wanted to do this year. I mean, no one's going to sit here and say that. Um, I'm accountable for that as much as anybody. Uh, I think this group um, can really grow. You look at the youth um, around here, obviously, you know, Terry. um, And then, you know, we came out of that San Francisco game a couple weeks ago. Our leading receiver and our leading rusher were both rookies. You know, so you look at um, the guys that we have, I think that there's a lot of room to grow. And, you know, I look forward to working with these guys and continue to get better and, and, and keep improving and get this team where we want it to be. All right. So that was an answer from Scott Turner to a question that danced around the question of whether he is worried about being fired. 
Scott then got asked directly if he's worried about his job security. Here was his answer. I mean, that's just part of this league. You know, it could happen. It could happen to anybody. Um, you know, it's happened to guys when they don't expect it. It's happened, you know, it, whatever. So I just do my job. I'm focused on the Cowboys. Uh, whatever happens, you know, after this week, um, you know, you, you, you go with it after that. But to me, I'm, I'm prepared to coach this game uh, and then get this team ready to, to go be successful um, down the road. Uh, clearly, Scott Turner is aware that him being fired is a possibility. Now, keep this in mind. And, you know, this does not get talked about nearly enough. We, this past March, had multiple reports that the commanders were signing Scott Turner to a multi-year contract extension, uh, making it so that he and Ron Rivera are under contract through the 2024 season. It's odd. The commanders never formally announced the Scott Turner contract extension. And as best as I can tell, neither Ron nor Scott has ever been asked publicly about the extension. Uh, Of course, just because Scott Turner got a contract extension this past offseason doesn't mean that he can't be fired this coming offseason. But in theory, the extension was a sign that Rod Rivera is a big fan of Scott Turner. Well, what if that has changed? We know that Ron Rivera is a big believer in what has become known as the formula, right? We've heard so much in recent months about the formula. Uh, The formula, of course, is this Washington offensive approach predicated on leaning heavily on the running game in order to set up manageable third downs and win time of possession. Uh, The formula is not some groundbreaking, revolutionary approach to NFL offense. Uh, What the formula actually is, is an antiquated approach to NFL offense. And to me, what the formula truly is, is an admission that the team's passing offense is not good. The formula is an attempt to mask a passing offense that isn't good. However, I have wondered if Scott Turner, who seems to be pretty modern in his offensive philosophies, is a fan of the formula, or if he just abides by the formula because that's what Don Ron wants. I mean, it has been noticeable how often Ron in press conferences has referenced the formula and touted the formula, almost as if he's trying to tell Scott, uh, hey, Scotty boy, do as you're told. This was Scott on Thursday afternoon on if the commander's run-heavy approach to offense is something that he wants to carry over moving forward. You know, when you're when you're calling plays, it's not always just about you know the offense is about the entire team and let's doing what's best um, for us as a team. You know, the one thing that we did well was we kept the ball. You know, what I mean, we just kept our defense off the field. Uh, now, w- when you're doing that, there's not a lot, like you're saying, there's not a lot of explosive plays. Um, and part of you know the question was asked earlier as far as that balance of creating explosive plays, but then also not putting yourself in situations to get, you know, sacks or sack fumbles or quarterback pressures and getting the quarterback beat up. So just, you know, there was a little bit of necessity there. Um, But, yeah, I think we have to find ways to, like I said, we got talented guys on the perimeter and we got to find ways to, to let them do what they do. Yes, you do. Next week is a week in which a lot of NFL coaches will be fired, right? This Monday is what is known as a Black Monday. Uh, Like I said earlier, given the commander's ownership uncertainty, it's hard to see Ron Rivera getting fired in the coming weeks. But 
given the commander's lack of offensive success, and especially if there is a divide between Ron and Scott Turner in terms of offensive philosophy, and especially if Ron is looking for a fall guy for this being a non-playoff season, I do wonder if Scott Turner might get fired. It's funny how things work out because it wasn't that long ago that people thought that Jack Del Rio might get fired. Uh, Up next, we'll hear from Jack. Uh, He has done a good job with the commander's defense this season, just like real estate agent Kellen Hunt will do a good job for you. Be aware of the opportunity that currently exists in the Washington, D.C. area real estate market. Housing prices are down due to an increase in inventory caused by the increases in mortgage rates with others not buying. Now, actually, is the perfect time to buy. When everyone else is zigging, you should be zagging because there are bargain deals for great homes waiting for you. Contact real estate agent Kellen Hunt. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. That's CloseItWithKell, K-E-L-L dot com. Book your call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. Kellen Hunt understands the Washington, D.C. area real estate market, and he is here for you to listen to what you want, no matter your situation in life. Whether you are a first-time buyer looking for guidance or have a young family looking for a bigger home or you're ready to retire and or are looking to downsize, Kellen Hunt can help you. Kellen Hunt is a real estate agent for real people. He's a great guy and he will listen to you. He's not just some know-it-all. He works for you. He takes in what you're looking for and then gets to work. Smart, attention to detail, creative. Put Kellen Hunt to work for you and Kellen Hunt is willing to put a portion of his commission back in your pocket. Kellen Hunt knows what buyers like you are facing, and he wants to help. Let him help you take advantage of the current real estate market in the Washington, D.C. area. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. That's CloseItWithKell, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs, and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. If you are trying to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, you will do well by going with Kel. Visit CloseItWithKel.com and tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. Well, the commander's defense, like the team's offense, appears poised to not be the defense's normal self for the team's season finale, home to the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 425. The following commander's defensive players on the team's active roster did not practice on Thursday for a second consecutive day. Interior defensive lineman Jonathan Allen, corner Benjamin St. Juice, safety Cameron Curl, linebacker Jamin Davis, and edge defender James Smith-Williams. Uh, edge defender Montez Sweat, who did not practice on Wednesday due to illness, was a full participant in practice on Thursday. Also, linebacker Nathan Gary did not practice on Thursday due to illness. The commanders on Wednesday signed Gary from the practice squad to the active roster. In case you didn't know, the commanders this past Friday placed linebacker John Bostic on the reserve injured list due to a pectoral injury that he suffered in the loss at the San Francisco 49ers in week 16. So with Cam Curl, uh, he seems almost certain to not play on Sunday. As you may recall, head coach Ron Rivera during his postgame press conference this past Sunday afternoon off the 24-10 loss to the Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field said that an MRI exam on Cam's injured ankle showed, quote, a little something else, end quote. 
Uh, Camp for the loss to the Browns was inactive for a second consecutive game due to the ankle injury. The Commanders in this 2022 regular season are 1-3 when Cam Curl doesn't play, 6-5-1 when he does play. This was Commander's defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, during his post-practice press conference on Thursday afternoon on how much the Commanders have missed Cam Curl. Yeah, I mean, uh, Cam's a real good player, um, and he does multiple things. So, you know, he, he can play like a linebacker. He can play like a nickel. He can play like a safety. He can play. So he plays a lot of different spots for us, and, um, and he's really intelligent. So um, it, uh, I think he has a calming effect on, on the rest of the guys. But um, like our, our, our approach is never to make excuses about not having guys. It's just to you know, prepare our guys and, and go out and do the best we can to compete and give our football team a chance to win. And um, you know, When he's not able to go, we, we plug in the next guys. And sometimes it's a rotation of guys for a guy like him because he does multiple things. I will say what I said a few weeks ago. A goal for the commanders this offseason should be to sign Cam Curl to a contract extension, given that next season is the fourth and final season of his rookie contract. It's no coincidence that the commanders this season have struggled when Cam has not played. So Jack Del Rio on Thursday afternoon had high praise for Cam Curl. As you may recall, Jack early this season did not have high praise for Jamin Davis. Uh, Now, we've come to find out that that was part of a strategy by Jack and Ron Rivera to motivate Jamin, and Jamin has ended up having an encouraging second NFL season. Jamin Davis, for his 2021 rookie regular season, had an overall grade for pro football focus of just 46.8 PFF grades were on a scale of 0 to 100, but Jamin, for this 2022 regular season, has an overall grade per PFF of 62.1. Now, that's not great, but that is a lot better than 46.8. And if you have just been watching the games, and I know that most of you have, Jamin Davis has come across as being in a much better place as an NFL player. Jack Del Rio on Thursday afternoon on the season that Jamin Davis has had. Yeah, I think I think he had a solid year. Uh, I think there's still more there. He's he's got a lot of natural talent. Um, he he matured this year, played at a higher level, and and there's more there. And uh, you know, look forward to continue to develop him and and get more confident, um, mature play out of him. But uh, I think he has made tremendous progress this year. Yes, he has. You know, the fear that we all had after last season was that Washington had completely blown it in taking Jamin Davis with that number 19 pick in the 2021 NFL draft. Now, you don't feel foolish for thinking that the pick will work out. I mean, time, of course, will tell. But this has very much been a step forward season for Jamin Davis. Has not been a step forward season as a whole for the team, uh, but uh, the season has been a step forward season for Jamin Davis. Well, the season also has been a step forward season for the commander's defense. There's no doubt that the commander's defense has not been at its best lately, but the defense has had a good season. The commanders for the 2022 regular season through week 17 have the following rankings per Football Outsiders DVOA metric. Number 13 in the NFL in total defense. Number 17 in the NFL in pass defense. Number 10 in the NFL in run defense. Additionally, the commanders for the 2022 regular season through week 17 are number one 
in the NFL in third down defense. Yeah, number one. The commanders have held opposing teams to a third down efficiency of just 32.8%. Remember how bad Washington's defense was on third downs last season? So much better this season. Jack Del Rio on Thursday afternoon on the overall season that his defense has had. Uh, a lot of good things. A lot of good things. I, I, I really appreciate, respect, love the guys, the effort, the, the commitment uh, to this organization, preparing hard every week, going out and giving us what they have each week, uh, sticking together you know, through adversity and things, I, I think it's been outstanding. I think there's been a lot of real positives. So ultimately, as, as a team, you know, we, we wanted more out of this year, but I'm proud of the effort that the guys gave. And Jack Del Rio should be proud, although that doesn't mean that change might not be coming. Uh, As I talked about last segment, the commander's ownership uncertainty makes it hard to see Ron Rivera getting fired in the coming weeks, but of course, you never know. And if Ron got fired, then that likely would mean Jack Del Rio getting ousted. Uh, This was Jack on Thursday afternoon on if he at all worries about his status as commander's defensive coordinator. I'm not a worrier. Um, I'm I'm a guy that um, brings brings the best I can each day, enjoys the moment. Um, So uh, I don't don't look at it that way. Um, This this is a time of year that uh, um, can be, you know, the other part. which is not, not, not the best part, but I enjoy competing and working and doing the best I can to help the organization I'm with, and um, that's how I look at it. All right, and so what about Jack Del Rio moving forward? Uh, Jack, of course, has extensive NFL head coaching experience. Uh, does he want to be an NFL head coach again? Would he rather remain a defensive coordinator. Uh, Jack's 59. He'll turn 60 on April 4th. Is retirement something that he has at all considered? Uh, Jack Del Rio on Thursday afternoon on what his NFL future holds. Yeah, I mean, I'm, as long as I'm enjoying myself uh, and, and I'm good at what I do, um, which, which I am doing both right now, I feel like uh, I, I love what I do. I do it because I love it. I'm not doing it because I'm trying to you know, rise to some position. Um, I have a wealth of experience as a head coach, but um, that opportunity comes, that'd be great. But if it doesn't, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. And really, I've enjoyed the entire, my entire time in the league. I enjoyed being an assistant strength coach, you know. So um, my entire time in the league has been a blessing and uh, it's been a great honor to to do what I do and um, competing every week and every every day and and I and I love it and that's why I do it. A healthy attitude right there from Jack Del Rio from JDR. We should all take something from that from our guy JDR. Up next, my rhyming keys for a Commander's loss to the Cowboys at FedEx Field this Sunday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Well, if one of your New Year's resolutions is to make more money, and why the heck wouldn't that be a resolution? Uh, consider advertising your business or practice on the Al Galdi podcast. You'll reach thousands of people in the Washington, D.C. area every episode at a very affordable price. Hit us up. The email address is the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. I have been a Redskins slash Washington football team slash Commanders fan uh, for my entire sporting life. I will never not be a fan of the team. And so what I always want is what is best for the team. And so as I've been saying all week, I want the 7, 8, and 1 Commanders to lose their season finale this game against the 12 and 4 Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 4:25. The Commanders winning this game against the Cowboys would mean nothing of significance for the Commanders uh, other than lessening their positioning in what is supposed to be a quarterback-rich 2023 NFL draft in which the Commanders may well have to trade up to get the potential franchise quarterback who the team is also oh desperate to get. Uh, I do not care about Commanders-Cowboys from a standpoint of the Commanders-Cowboys rivalry to whatever extent that even exists at this point. Uh, I do not care about this game from a standpoint of the Commanders potentially spoiling the Cowboys winning the NFC East. What I want from this game is for the Commanders starting quarterback Sam Howell and other Commanders players to play well, but also for the Commanders to lose the game. And so how does this happen? How do the commanders pull this off? Well, my friends, it is that time. The time to rhyme. It is time for Rhyming Keys. But on this occasion, the season finale of Rhyming Keys, not my keys for a commander's victory, rather my keys for a commander's loss. And in rhyming fashion. All these rhymes, they still are not meant to be good. They are only meant to make a few points. But in fact, I still do have a saying for this segment. The worse the rhyme, the better the time. And so here we go. Hardcore analysis combined with scheduled fun. Rhyming keys for a commander's loss to the Cowboys. How do the commanders lose this game? 
We now rhyme the ways. Rhyming key number one for a commander's loss to the Cowboys. Uh, this is for the entire commander's team. Embrace your past as you're finishing last. One of the more underrated trends for Washington over the previous decade uh, has been no-show and or uncompetitive losses in final games of non-playoff seasons, including seasons in which the team is finishing in last place in the NFC East, as is the case this season. An uncomfortable truth with the Redskins prior to Ron Rivera's arrival as head coach on New Year's Day 2020 was this. Few teams in the NFL had been no-shows, had flat-out quit in season finales quite like our team had over the previous decade. Take a listen to these results for Redskins teams in season finales in non-playoff seasons over the decade prior to Ron Rivera's arrival as Redskins head coach. 2019, the Skins concluded a 3-13 regular season with a 47-16 loss at the Dallas Cowboys. 2018, the Skins concluded a 7-9 regular season with a 24-0 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field. 2017, the Skins concluded a 7-9 regular season with an 18-10 loss at the New York Giants. Now, that score is not so bad, but the Skins' performance in that game was bad. Uh, 2016, the Skins concluded an 8-7-1 regular season with a 19-10 loss to the New York Giants at FedEx Field. Uh, This, to me, remains the worst loss of the Dan Snyder era. Yes, the worst loss. All the Skins had to do to make the playoffs was win this game at home against the Giants team with nothing for which to play. Instead, Washington was terrible in this game. Uh, 2014, the Skins concluded a 4-12 regular season with a 44-17 loss to the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field. 2013, the Skins concluded a 3-13 regular season with a 26 loss at the New York Giants. 2011, the Skins concluded a 5-11 regular season with a 34-10 loss at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, That is a whole lot of no-showing. A whole lot of quit for the Skins in season finales of non-playoff seasons. Now, Washington, with Ron Rivera as its head coach, is 2-0 in regular season finales. Uh, But let us look to the past and get that record to 2-1. and one. And so rhyming key number one for a commander's loss to the Cowboys, uh, this for the entire commander's team, embrace your past as you're finishing last. Rhyming key number two for a commander's loss to the Cowboys, this is for the commander's starting quarterback, Sam Howell. Losing ain't funny, but it happened a lot to Sonny. As you likely know, the Commanders on Sunday will be retiring the number nine of one of the greatest players in Redskins history, Sonny Jurgensen. Now, I hate that Sonny's number nine is being retired at a meaningless game for the Commanders from a playoff contention standpoint and at a game at which there are likely to be a ton of Cowboys fans at FedEx Field. Sonny deserves better than this. Uh, Sonny Jurgensen, of course, was a great quarterback. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He remains the only Washington quarterback ever to have at least 30 touchdown passes 
in a regular season. That is pathetic when you consider how often quarterbacks in today's NFL have 30 touchdown passes in regular seasons, but Sonny in the 1967 regular season, what was a 14-game regular season, had 31 touchdown passes, and that remains the only regular season ever by a Washington quarterback in which the quarterback had at least 30 touchdown passes. What's also true about Sonny Jurgensen is that he is perhaps the ultimate example of how you can't judge a quarterback by his record. Uh, Sonny played on a lot of bad teams, especially teams with bad defenses. His career regular season record is 69-71-7. Yeah, sub-500. Sonny is a classic case of how you can be a great quarterback without winning. And so that brings us to a quarterback who will be making his regular season NFL debut on Sunday, Sam Howell. I am excited to see Sam play. I am rooting like crazy for Sam to play really well. I mean, how great would it be if he somehow turned out to be the franchise quarterback who our team has been looking for, has been yearning for, has been lusting after for decades. But I also want the Commanders to lose this game because this one game isn't going to tell us whether Sam Howell is the franchise quarterback who our team has been looking for and has been yearning for and has been lusting after for decades. And our team needs to be positioned as well as is realistically possible in this 2023 draft. And so what we need from Sam Howell on Sunday is a vintage Sonny Jurgensen performance. A great performance, but in a loss. And so rhyming key number two for a commander's loss to the Cowboys, this is for Sam Howell. Losing ain't funny, but it happened a lot to Sonny. And rhyming key number three for a commander's loss to the Cowboys, this is for head coach Rod Rivera. It may feel... (laughs) like committing arson, but if need be, go to Carson. Hey, what almost certainly will be the case on Sunday is Carson Wentz being inactive. Uh, Ron Rivera, during his post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon, not only said that Sam Howell will be the commander's starting quarterback, but also said that Taylor Heineke will be the team's number two quarterback. But I can't help but wonder, if Carson active on Sunday might make some sense. Because if the game is close and you need, I don't know, an interception to make sure that your team loses, putting Carson into the game might be just the thing. You know, Carson Wentz could be like your anti-closer. You know, a great closer in baseball closes out wins. Well, Carson could be used to close out a loss. You know, Carson could be like the Mariano Rivera of NFL closers in terms of closing out losses. Do you remember, by the way, what happened in the Redskins 2019 season? December 15th, 2019, the Skins fell to 3-11 and with a 37-27 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field. Uh, that loss was a key loss in the Skins getting the number two overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. Skins corner Josh Norman. He was benched for a fourth consecutive game as he played on just six defensive snaps. But one of those snaps was him getting beat by receiver Greg Ward Jr. 
on a first and goal four-yard touchdown reception with 26 seconds left in the fourth quarter. It was almost like the skin said, yeah, we'd really like to lose this game. <laughs> Let's insert old Jano into the game because he'll make sure that we lose the game. And sure enough, the skins did lose that game and did get that number two overall pick in the 2020 draft. And oh, by the way, who threw that touchdown pass to Greg Ward Jr.? Yeah, Carson Wentz. Eerie, isn't it? And so rhyming key, number three for a commander's loss to the Cowboys. This is for Ron Rivera. It may feel like committing arson, but if need be, go (laughs) to Carson. All right, it is prediction time. The commanders for this game per FanDuel as of a very early Friday morning were plus seven. Uh, The Cowboys certainly have something to play for. Uh, They can win the NFC East. They'll do so if they win at the Commanders and the Philadelphia Eagles lose their game, which is a home game, against the New York Giants at 425. So you have a Cowboys team that can win the division, and you have a Commanders team that has been eliminated from playoff contention and almost certainly will not be playing a number of key players. The NFL, as we all know, so often makes no sense, but Give me the Cowboys minus the points. Final score, Cowboys 28, Commanders 17, as we get a loss that is in the best interests of the Commanders. Well, the Capitals on Thursday night began a stretch of three games in four days, and the Caps began that stretch quite well. Uh, the Caps improved to 22-13-6 with a 6-2 win at the Columbus Blue Jackets on Thursday night. The Caps now are 12-1-2 since a 10-12-4 and start, and the Caps on Thursday night made history as they won their seventh consecutive road game, setting a new franchise record for longest road winning streak in a regular season. Uh, What the Caps are doing right now, given their many key players who've been out this season, really is remarkable. I mean, remaining out for the Caps due to injury on Thursday night were defenseman John Carlson and forwards Nicholas Backstrom, Tom Wilson, Connor Brown, and Carl Haglin, to say nothing of the many other Caps players who have missed time this season, and yet the Caps are surging right now. The Caps on Thursday night won the puck possession battle. Uh, they per natural stat trick had 59 5-on-5 shot attempts to the Blue Jackets 46 and totaled 37 shots on goal to the Blue Jackets 27. Uh, the Caps went a perfect 2-of-2 two two on the power play. Uh, winger TJ Oshie in just his second game back from a six-game absence caused by an upper body injury had a very good game. Oshie had two goals, a game-high four shots on goal, and a game-high tying seven total shot attempts. He scored an even-strength goal, 151 into the second period, and a power play goal, 641 into the third period. Uh, winger Alex Ovechkin had another goal. He scored a power play goal, 1305 into the third period. He finished the game with just two shots on goal and just four total shot attempts, but also had a game-high tying four hits. Alex Ovechkin now has nine goals over his last six games, and now for this regular season is third in the NHL in goals with 29. This is Alex Ovechkin's age 
37th season, he is third in the NHL with 29 goals. And we on Thursday night learned that Ovi has been selected to the 2023 NHL All-Star Game, uh, marking his franchise record 13th All-Star Game selection. Uh, NHL All-Star Weekend will take place February 3rd and 4th at FLA Live Arena in Sunrise, Florida. Uh, Ovi doesn't always go to All-Star Games, but uh, the expectation is that he will go to this game. He actually has a home uh, in Florida. Uh, Center Dylan Strom had a big game, three primary assists and three shots on goal. He went 9-1 on face-offs, and he was tied for number four on the camps and five-on-five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at 61.54. The Caps with Strom on the ice in five-on-five situations in the game had 16 shot attempts versus allowing a 10 shot attempts. Another cap center who had a multi-assist game on Thursday night was Evgeny Kuznetsov. He had two secondary assists, did commit a second period hooking minor, but Kuzi now has a seven-game point streak during which he has two goals and nine assists. And Kuznetsov for this regular season is tied for eight in the NHL in assists with 30. Uh, The cap starting goaltender on Thursday night was Darcy Kemper. He was good. He stopped 25 of the 27 shots on goal that he faced. Darcy Kemper now over his last 10 starts, a goals against average of just 216 and a save percentage of 929. The Caps went one of one on the penalty kill. A lot to like with the Caps on Thursday night. A lot to like with the Caps right now, period. Next up for the Caps, home to the Nashville Predators, Friday night at 7. Well, another loss for Maryland basketball. Uh, the Terrapins fell to 10-5 and overall and 1-3 and in the Big Ten with a 64-50 loss at Rutgers on Thursday evening. Uh, the Terps now are just 2-5 and since their 8-0 start, and a number of the losses have been rather disturbing losses. Uh, December 14th, an 87-60 loss to then number 16 UCLA at Xfinity Center in College Park, Maryland, which was the Terps' worst loss ever. At Xfinity Center, which opened in October 2002, Uh, this past Sunday, an 81-46 loss at Michigan, what was the Terps' worst loss in Big Ten play since joining the conference. And now we have this 14-point loss at Rutgers. The Terps trailed for most of the game, led 4-0, but then allowed Rutgers to go on a 15-0 run. And that was it. Rutgers led for the rest of the game. Uh, The Terps had a very hard time against what is a very good defensive team in Rutgers, but the Terps committed 20 turnovers. Uh, The Maryland turnover problem continued on Thursday evening. The Terps had a horrendous first half in which they scored just 17 points and went just 3 of 14 on threes and just 3 of 10 on twos. The Terps, with less than three minutes left in the first half, had scored eight points. Yes, eight points. Uh, Now, the Terps in the second half did go five of eight on threes and eight of 14 on twos, but also went a woeful two of seven on free throws. Uh, Now, like I said, Rutgers is a very good defensive team. Rutgers now this season, number three in Division One in KentPalm.com's adjusted defensive efficiency, which is points allowed per 100 possessions adjusted for opponents. Uh, Rutgers press is brutal, no doubt, but still, the Terps are a bad offensive team of having looked like actually a pretty good offensive team earlier in the season. It just feels like that Maryland mojo from the 8-0 start has disappeared. 
Uh, in terms of individual Maryland players on Thursday evening, uh, the Terps were led by Jameer Young's 13 points. He, in 31 minutes as a starter, went two of four on threes, but just three of eight on twos and just one of four on free throws. And he committed four turnovers. He did also have four rebounds, three assists, and two steals. Uh, the big man, Julian Reese, 36 minutes as a starter. He went four of five from the field, all twos, 0 of one on free throws. Had eight points, six rebounds, and three steals, but also five turnovers. Uh, the Terps did get Don Carey in 25 minutes off the bench, going four of eight on threes and finishing with 12 points and two assists versus no turnovers. But, you know, I look at someone like Dante Scott. You know, he looked so good early this season. Dante Scott on Thursday evening, 30 minutes as a starter, 0 of 4 on threes, uh, 3 of 6 on twos. He finished with six points, two rebounds, zero assists versus two turnovers. Next up for Maryland, home to number 24, Ohio State, Sunday afternoon at 1. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Monday show, episode 481. We'll have a lot for you on the commanders off whatever goes down in their season finale. Home to the Dallas Cowboys this Sunday afternoon at 425 with a particular emphasis on how quarterback Sam Howell plays in his NFL regular season debut. I hope that Sam kills it, but I also hope that the Commanders lose. Uh, Also, on Monday's show, I'll discuss the rest of our Washington, D.C. area sports weekend. I'll talk Capitals. The Camps have two games this weekend, home to the Nashville Predators Friday night at 7 and home to the Columbus Blue Jackets Sunday evening at 5. I, on Monday's show, will talk Wizards, the Wizard at the Oklahoma City Thunder Friday night at 8. By the way, the Wiz on Thursday afternoon announced that Bradley Beal has been diagnosed with a low-grade left hamstring strain and will be out for at least the team's next three games. Uh, Bradley Beal has played in just 24 of the Wizards' 39 games this regular season. Uh, This off, the Wiz, this past July, remember, signing Beal to a five-year, $251 million Supermax contract, which is the richest contract in Washington, D.C. sports history. Uh, Yeah, about that contract. Uh, and I on Monday show will talk college basketball. Maryland is home to number 24 Ohio State Sunday afternoon at 1. Georgetown is at Marquette Saturday afternoon at 2. Number 11 Virginia is home to Syracuse Saturday evening at 5. And Virginia Tech is home to NC State Saturday night at 7.30. Have a great weekend and I'll talk to you on Monday. <laughs> Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.